Hello folks, Big Ads is my name and welcome to the all-time best music show. This is my own personal trip down musical memory lane. All of the songs, singers, groups, artists and musical moments that shaped the soundtrack to my life. So each fortnight, I think, we're going to have a, a brand new episode focusing on a musical moment, something that I've loved, or a top three. So top three singers, top three songs, top three 90s tracks, we'll, we'll try and vary it up, but um, basically what I hope you do is listen to this, take your own little trip down musical memory lane, and share this. Don't forget you can jump on our Facebook page, The All-Time Best Music Show, and um, look for the look for the latest post, and share with us your musical memories. But without further ado, we're going to start with what is probably my favourite song of all time. Um, there's lots of contenders. In fact, I could probably do a top ten, and I may well one day. But there is certain piece and pieces of music that change your musical life. And for me, it was "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana. So I want you guys to imagine, if you will, it's a Friday night, and it is pre-Google, pre-YouTube, pre-all of those sorts of things. Uh, here in Australia, at least, we had limited access when it came to new music uh, probably like the rest of the world we were we were constrained by whatever they decided to show on the tv or play on the radio but uh, we of course had probably extra limited access like i've got friends that grew up overseas that got different types of music and heard different types of music and heard more music because the bands that we loved were based say for example in america so they got where we might have got to see Molly Crew and and maybe Poison and Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses, they got to see a whole range of other hair metal bands, Cinderella and Rat and um, Slaughter and a whole bunch of other Dokken, a whole bunch of other bands that were oh, like niche bands. He had to know the music to to know who those bands were. They weren't didn't have mainstream popularity, but um, so. <clears throat> In the 90s, we used to rely on music television. And not, well, the music television. We had here in Australia, most of you will remember if you're Australian, if you're overseas, rather than the full cable channel that existed from day one and we've had for sort of 20-odd years here in Australia, we had on Friday and Saturday night a three-hour version of MTV, um, which was brought international music to us. Um, a little bit more of a international flair. Oh, look, I remember seeing NWA for the first time on MTV. We also got all of the unplugs and all those cool live things that they used to do back in the day. On a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning, we had video hits, which was uh, basically the top 40. Uh, on a Saturday night, th- Friday and Saturday night, I should say, we had Rage. We had a few other contenders around the time. Countdown was popular through the 70s and the 80s. They tried to revive it in the 90s with Countdown Revolution. There were a few other left-of-centre music shows, including... One on SBS called Nomad, which was particularly good, and uh, Nomad's claim to fame is launching the band Silverchair to massive success. But my particular favourite was Rage, and on a Saturday night we would sit up late, usually started somewhere around midnight, and I'd watch Rage. And on a Friday night, the first video of Rage was usually the cool song of the week, right? Um, It was the best of the new music. And this particular, so what would happen was there was a certain point, and some of you will absolutely remember this, and some of you will go, I can't believe that it was so primitive. 
but we would sit there with our videotaping, our video recorder, and if you press record, it would take a few seconds to actually start. So you had to anticipate the start. So there was a certain point during the Rage theme song, and if you press record, then the recording would start exactly at the start of wherever you wanted it to start. So I'd press record this particular night, and all of a sudden, uh, I hear this, that familiar opening guitar rift of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Kurt just strumming, and then all of a sudden, the explosion of Dave Grohl's job, drums. Now, I've since, um, I've since seen that he has stolen that sound. Uh, he's admitted in numerous interviews to stealing that sound from the go-go movement in Washington, D.C. at the time. But I'd never heard anything like it, and it was big, and it was powerful, and bang, it blew me away. Uh, now, you've got to remember, when we don't have YouTube or Google or Spotify back then, so I sit there and I watch this band, and I can't tell you what the second song was. I don't know what it was, because I stopped the tape, and I watched that song over and over and over again, and it was incredible. It exploded, like Nirvana exploded into my life. Um, now, apparently, the song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, would seem kind of perfect, because Cobain, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana kind of changed a generation and became inadvertent spokespeople for their generation. Um, disaffected teenagers everywhere fell in love with them and continue to. But they were named after a deodorant, a deodorant named Teen Spirit, that apparently Kurt had sprayed on himself, and a girl named Kathleen Hanna from the band Bikini Kill graffitied on a wall that Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. And that's where the song title came from. Now apparently the song was going to be a second single. They were going to release Come As You Are as the first single because they see, saw that as a little bit more radio-friendly. And this is in a time, and I guess it's probably probably still a little bit like this, but this was in a time where FM radio ruled the world and you wanted your song played on FM radio, but there was a fairly limited uh, bandwidth of songs that got played on there. Interestingly enough, we have a, um, an oldie station here in Australia, WSFM, people that live in Sydney will be familiar, familiar with it. There's a few versions of it around the country. And a friend of mine um, posted on Facebook that um, they think that they they heard Come As You Are on WSFM and they're pretty sure that that's an indicator that, that the world's about to end. It was, you know, it, you would never have dreamed in a million years that we would have heard, you know, on, on this classic rock station, we would have heard Nirvana, but here we are. Um, so Come As You Are was going to be the second, was going to be the first single and Smells Like Teen Spirit was going to be the second. Apparently the, uh, the record company, Sub Pop, and Geffen Records put a, a, a about fifty thousand. That was how much they expected this album to sell. Now, the last time I checked it, it was uh, it sold well over thirty million copies. Uh, of course, made legends out of Kirk Cobain, Chris Novoselic, and Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, of course, then went on to form the Foo Fighters uh, a few years later when Kirk Cobain took his own life. But you got to consider that this album came out on the same day, on the same day as Blood Sugar Sex Magic, came out about three weeks after, or maybe about a month after, 10 by Pearl Jam. Bad Motor Finger in certain parts of the world was released on this day, but its actual official release date was in October. Uh, Bad Motor Finger by, of course, Soundgarden. And, of course, 
uh, Temple of the Dog released music that year as well. 91 was an incredible year for music. We'll do an episode on it one day. But the legacy of this song, for me, um, I, go into, I go into school the next day. I was going to say work. I was 15. Going to school the next day and I had a friend. And I think one of the ways we found out about cool music back in the day is we had a cool friend that knew this stuff. I had my friend Steve Bandai, and I went in, and I knew he would know this band. I said, man, have you heard this band? He said, of course I've heard this band. Here's their, here's their, here's their album, and here's their first album, and here's Sonic Youth, and here's Black Flag, and here's Mud Honey, and here's all this cool punk rock, and he just changed the musical landscape for me, changed my musical world. Um, it killed heavy metal. I mean... Uh, Hair metal at that stage was in what they call, I guess, the third wave. Bands like uh, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Poison were starting to um, fall apart under the weight of their own excess, I guess is a better best way to put it. Most of those bands had huge albums in the late 80s, early 90s, and or late 80s, and, and failed to replicate the heights of that. I mean, they're still legends, and they've still released legendary albums, but failed to replicate that success and fat mike from the um the punk rock band no fx uh, of course the head of fat records um in a in a punk documentary i saw not long to not long ago is quoted as saying that that albums uh, never mind that album gave us all careers grunge and alternative rock exploded and music scenes all over the country were inundated with that all over the world, in fact, we're, record, we're inundated with record label types looking for the next Nirvana. But I'm very proud to say that uh, that I got to experience them at the peak of their powers, and I feel very fortunate to have uh, walked the earth at the same time that Nirvana were releasing music. So, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go back and listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit and try and recapture some of that... Uh, some of that wonder still sounds as good the first time I heard it as it does the 15,000th time I've heard it. It's an incredible album. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the all-time best music show. My name's Big Ads, and we'll see you next time.